Hello, listeners. It's Lawrence Coletti, executive producer of Legal Talk Network. I want to tell you about one of our more hilarious yet still very informative podcasts called Thinking Like a Lawyer. Twice a month, hosts Ellie Mastall and Joe Patrice from Above the Law dive into what it's like to see the world from a lawyer's perspective, meaning they jabber on about politics, current events, this, that, and the other, sometimes with the guest and sometimes not. But if you're looking for a filterless podcast, check it out. Thinking Like a Lawyer on our website at LegalTalkNetwork.com, in iTunes, or on your favorite podcast platform. And now, back to the show. So you're an attorney, and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan, and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo, Tune in to the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of New Solo on Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm your host. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I move about the country helping lawyers and law firms figure out how to use technology a little bit better. Every once in a while, I run across some cool lawyers that I think would make great guests on the show, and that's what we're going to do today. But before we get started and I introduce her, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors. Thank you to Perfectit. It's a legal-specific proofreading software that locates mistakes that neither spellcheck nor the most eagle-eyed lawyer can find. Try Perfectit for free at intelligentediting.com. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answerone.com. And that's answer1.com. I want to thank Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal practice management software. Thousands of lawyers and legal professionals trust Clio to help grow and simplify their practices. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Unbundled Attorney is a premium lead generation service that delivers exclusive leads directly into your inbox in real time. Looking to get more leads and grow your practice? Be sure and visit UnbundledAttorney.com today. Joanne, you there? Yes, I am here. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me, Adriana. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you. So you're our guest and your name is Joanne Holmes. And um, we met because you sent me a really nice email, which I have in front of me, that said, um, you know, just want to say thanks for your podcast. It's been really helpful. And, or wait, did we, we didn't meet in person, did we? I don't think so. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. All right. So I have an email from you. It was super nice. And we just... Oh, I know what happened. I totally have it confused. You emailed me asking about DocuSign that yes. I had mentioned on a podcast. That's right. Yep. So that's what happened. So I mentioned that I get 10 free signs with DocuSign because of my Google Apps for Business account and you wanted more information. So we sort of started a little email exchange and at some point you just sort of wrote, you know, by the way, I've, I'm a lawyer that went solo and your podcast was helpful and you sent me your bio, which we're going to talk about. And I said, you should come on the show because you sound inspirational. So here you are. <laughs> I was doing my best to try to sound like I was not as excited as I was when I got your email. So 
here I am. I'm also trying my best to not sound as excited as I am to get to talk to you. No, I love it. Definitely show your enthusiasm. But before I um, ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself, I'm curious, did you actually figure out the DocuSign thing and did you get 10 free signs because of your Google Apps for Business account? No. And I spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to figure it out. And ultimately, I went with Sign Now after researching DocuSign and researching um, Hello Sign and so forth. And I considered some Adobe focused options. I even got technical support from Google no involved kidding. and it just didn't work out. And so I decided that it was a good idea to move forward. But thank you so much for taking the time to try to help me with it. Oh, no problem. And I wonder if it's because you're on a Mac. Was that part of the problem or Possibly. that didn't come into the picture as an issue? So what did you end up going with and do you like it and have you been using it? I'm using it all the time. I decided to go with Sign Now. Uh, and what's great is that I can send my clients a link that allows them to execute documents on their mobile device or from their browser on their computer if that's more convenient. I'm always trying to think about my client base is a really busy group of business owners. And so to the extent that I can streamline things and make it more accessible to them wherever they are, that's the goal. So Sign Now has worked out really well for that. That's awesome. Look, you just gave some lawyers out there some pretty cool advice and information that I guarantee you they didn't have and they didn't know. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do more of that. Let's do more of that. Tell <laughs> us, um, you know, before I do ask you a little bit more about that stuff, tell us a little bit about your background. You were at a big firm. You decided to go on, you've got a lot of years of experience. Yeah, I started, um, so I'm a bona fide nerd, not just an Adriana Linares like <laughs> fangirl. Um, I went to undergrad at Stanford, so right in the heart of nerd nation, and then moved here to Atlanta uh, to attend Emory School of Law. And it was a really interesting time because I graduated from law school in 1999, and I literally did not know what intellectual property was when I stepped on the campus to attend law school. And over the course of that time, I really started to realize how important technology and IP were going to be. So I was really fortunate to start my career at a great full service firm with stellar attorneys who gave me a great foundation as a baby lawyer. And then I spent most of my career as in-house counsel at large international organizations on very diverse management teams that were sort of like um, a mini UN council meeting every time we got together. Jeez. Yeah, it was it was fun. I was a cultural anthropology major, so I got to, to use that. Um, and I got to serve on management teams and really learn the business side of being an attorney and how it was my responsibility together with the rest of the team to really hit our financial targets and the impact that had on the business at large. So after having done that, I guess it was in 2015 that um, I made some decisions about the time that I wanted to be able to spend with my daughter before she leaves for college and um, just always have felt very strongly about doing service work as well. And the demands of the role that I was in in my last in-house counsel job, just it was all encompassing. And so I took the summer off and uh, prayed a lot and talked to friends and family <laughs> and decided to start my own practice. And I'm genuinely the happiest I've ever been in my career now. Oh, that is so great to hear. I absolutely love that. And remind me what part of the country you're in. 
I'm in Atlanta. So I'm originally from the Midwest. I was raised in Miami. Um, so I've kind of oh, lived really? in a few oh. different places. So you're in a pretty big and busy market, which, you know, is a funny thing when people decide to go out on their own because you could say, well, it's a big and busy market. That means there's a lot of business or that also means there's a lot of competition. And then, of course, if you're in a rural area, it could go the other way, which is there's not that much business or there's not that much competition. <laughs> when you decided to go out on your own, did you focus on a specific area niche staying with what your experience has been? And then tell us a little bit about what the competition, if any, has been like, or if you feel more like um, the competition that might be out there is actually good and has been inspirational and helpful? Uh, I really try to be a pragmatist. And so competition is reality. And I think ultimately it's good for us. I think the competition that we're facing now is very different than it was when I started my career because there wasn't LegalZoom and Avvo and right. all of those competitors. But I don't cast aspersions on those companies because they serve a market that is not being served yeah. elsewhere. Because I was so fortunate and quite frankly, possibly naive that I worked around really high caliber attorneys throughout my career my perspective was always that I'm going to serve clients at the level that I know how to serve clients and I'm not going to fall beneath that. So whether I'm working with small clients um, or even startups, folks who are quite frankly working a day job and, and they've got this dream of a business that they've wanted to start and I'm supporting them, oftentimes mm -hmm. a, a family or my client is a, a multi-billion dollar company, I support them the same way. And Part of what has been challenging for me to think through is what's the right price point and how to offer clients different tiers of service so I'm meeting them where they are in the life of their business and in their budget, but also running my firm like a business and being fair and reasonable and responsible to my family in terms of the revenue that I generate from the work. So earlier when we were doing just sort of some back-end Chit chat. You mentioned that having had that experience, and you know your work ethic is clearly very founded, and you wanted to make sure that bring that into your solo practice. One of the things that you said to me that I want you to talk a little bit about too, which every new lawyer, or excuse me, new solo, not necessarily new lawyer, kind of like you, it's important that they hear these things. You said I'd been pretty immersed in businesses, but running my own business was a total, you know, like whole new world. So do you want to talk a little bit about what that experience was like and how you made yourself smarter, better, and um, maybe it's not so scary anymore? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say whether it's scary or not, but I will say I, I might have improved my prayer life um, <laughs> by plenty. <laughs> yeah. You asked me the question earlier about, did I niche down? And I did. I'm really fortunate to be able to do work that I find fundamentally interesting. And so I focus on commercial agreements. So essentially the way I explain that to clients is I do the types of contracts that they need with their customers and vendors to both protect and grow their business. And I point out the growth part because I think that the perception of attorneys is, first of all, we're all litigators and I'm not. And also you call a lawyer when something has gone wrong. Right. I'm trying to educate folks on the front end. Let's not just talk about protecting you against downside risk, but also where are their revenue opportunities? Where's their money you're leaving on the table? And how can we strategize about when you enter and exit a relationship so that 
you can revisit revenue opportunities at a time and in a way that's comfortable for you with your customers. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is the intellectual property. So everything under the IP umbrella, absent patents. And I'm fortunate because in my background coming into this, I'd managed trademarks in 130 countries around the world. And so Wow. Uh, I really had a perspective on working with creative professionals and trying to bring a project to fruition from ideation through working with the chemists on formulae to developing labels and ads and social media campaigns and so forth. So I've really been able to bring that perspective into how I work with a broad panoply of clients from small to quite well-established international companies. In terms of running a business myself, all of the things that I just spoke to have been helpful, thinking through what types of relationships I want to have both with my clients and with my vendors. I have a virtual team that's great. I, I'm like Beyonce. I have an all-girl band. Um, and so um, <laughs> I'm... Awesome. It, yeah, it's fun. And I'm a mom and many of the people who I work with are also moms. And so it's nice to be in a position to support other women who are trying to find flexibility between doing good work and also managing family responsibilities. But what did I, what do I think about, you know, being a business owner? I think one of the things that I've learned to do is be more strategic about where I dedicate my resources. So one of the things I did wrong, quite frankly, and it was a costly mistake was do general advertising when mm. in reality I should be advertising where people are looking for attorneys who do the work that I do. So not realizing that early on, I made mistakes with my advertising dollars and I've gotten better with that. I also am over, so over that I can do this all by myself perspective. <laughs> um, the first year I tried bringing people on here and there to help with things. And it was generally just frustrating because I would ask them to do something I hadn't thought through well enough myself. So I decided for the first year I'd do everything by myself so that when I started bringing on a team, I would know how to respect their time and ask them for what I actually need rather than expecting them to read my mind. So just learning more about how to run the business and what are the best uses of resources and how to streamline things and how to listen to clients so I understand where they are and getting in front of where they are and saying, you know, I know that you are going to have concerns around fees. So let me tell you how I structure my fees and let me tell you mm. how the process is going to work for us to work together. What does the onboard look like and automating as much of that as possible and setting up systems. So I have someone to answer the phone and arrange calls for me and do that cost effectively. All of those logistics and support things, they took time. And it took time for me to figure out what were the right resources, but I'm so grateful I spent that time because now those things just work. Well, and I think that's really important. And I find that a lot of attorneys either never take the time to do it and then transition to developing systems and then hiring people to help them, or they just get stuck and don't think about it and just continue to do it or try to do it on their own forever. And that that always never works out. You know, I see attorneys <laughs> that are constantly struggling and I say, well, get some help. So anyway, 
Before we move on to the next segment where I want to talk to you about your technology decisions and how you decided to set up your practice and all that, I want to make sure and take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. So we'll be right back. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and then get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code NEWSOLO10. That's NEWSOLO10. And do that at Clio.com, C-L-I-O.com. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. So we're back with Joanne Holmes, and Joanne is a very cool attorney in the Atlanta area that focuses on business contracts, trademark, and tech. She was, as she told us in the previous segment, an attorney with bigger organizations for quite some time, and then about a year or so ago, Joanne, I think you decided that's when to go out on your own, and you've been at it for a little over a year, right? Yeah, uh, it will be two years in September. Two years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a year and a half-ish, and... You told us a little bit about your business background and learning to respect and run the business. Tell us a little bit about how you decided to set up from a technology perspective. And especially interesting, I know it's going to be to our listeners, is your virtual assistants. Like you said, you kind of have this virtual all-girl band and it's pretty awesome. (laughs) So let's start with um, the basics of practice management. Did you pick up a practice management program? Did you have some preconceived notions based on your big firm experience of what your technology should look like? Where did you start? I don't have a practice management program. And I spent time doing the introductory calls and the demos with Um, I know I did it with Clio and I probably did it with Rocket Matter as well. And I just wasn't sure what I needed it for. And ever so often I revisit it. And I think that all of the things that I would need it for, I found other resources to fill those roles for me. So I don't have one. All right. Well, tell us about the other resources that fill the holes. So I use G Suite, formerly Google Apps for Business. Mm -hmm. I have my own account and then my assistant has an account as well. We use just generally amongst the team to communicate. We use Slack, which has been great. And I'm sure there are many facets of it that I still need to learn how to use that I'm underutilizing, but that's been super helpful. Um, I'm learning and I, from time to time, use the Google materials, be they sheets or docs or what have you. And those are great because I can work with someone in real time. For example, my trust accounting spreadsheet is a Google doc that I share with my bookkeeper. So she can immediately access my QuickBooks online as well as access that Google doc and see how those things reconcile and get into my Mm -hmm. bank account records and Um, Make sure that everything is working the way it should work there. I am a person who is all throughout the day prioritizing and reprioritizing as clients 
share their needs with me. So I use Todoist as my app. And my standard is I have to be able to use my Mac, my iPhone, or my iPad and get the same information everywhere. So all the tools, yes, all the tools have to sync pretty much immediately in the cloud so I can work wherever I am. And then my team and I, so my marketing manager and I, and then separately, my VA and I have uh, notebooks on OneNote that we share information on together. And then there are a number of tabs for different subject matter within those. So we communicate through that. So I think those are some of the core tools. I'm a traditionalist. I'm a little bit old school in that I still use Microsoft Word, and even and you though, should, <laughs> thank it's you. good. It's the best. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I have obviously Gmail through the sure. Google Apps for Business, but my interface that I actually use when I'm sitting at my computer is Outlook. Sure, on the Mac, and your Mac, right? Yes, Outlook Great. on Mac. Let me just stop us right there for a second to recap a couple of things. So, number one, you're a Mac. Um, You also have an iPad and an iPhone and everything synchronizes because you're using cloud-based and or subscription-based services to help you do that. You mentioned Todoist. So I just want to say in case someone hasn't heard of that, that that's a well-known and popular list-making, to-do list, checking things off organization tool. Is that free or is there a paid for also? Do you remember? There is a free version. Uh, I think it's less than $30 a year for the paid version. So it was very worth it. Great. You then must have, do you pay for Outlook and Microsoft Word with an Office 365 subscription or do you, did you just kind of in, buy it once and install it? I had a version that was already, oh, I'm going to- Oh yeah, I'm, came with your PC? I, uh-huh, well, sure. I, I mean, your Mac? I'm giggling a little bit, Adriana, because before I started this firm, I hated this Mac. I declared, <laughs> this is my child's computer. I don't understand that thing. I'm not going to use it. And It's interesting how one can change perspective when it's the only computer available and you're starting a business. So um, (laughs) I already had a legacy version. I think it was um, the 2011 version, but I recently did convert to the Office 365. Excellent. Because I I was going to tell you, if you hadn't, to do that, um, because Office 365, which actually the last podcast we did, we interviewed Ben Shore from Microsoft and talked about how it's such a good and smart decision because it's minimal dollars a month and you get the full-blown versions of Office for the Mac or the PC. All right, so that's good. So you got a Mac, you've got the full Office on there, you've got your Google Apps for Business email coming in and out through Outlook, but of course you can also always access your email on your iPad or your iPhone, probably using either the mail app or some other app on there. And then you also mentioned, oh, what was the last thing you Skype? mentioned? It was right at the, Skype? Yes. Where not only are we recording this through Skype, but you use Skype And as well. Slack, yes. Skype and Slack. And Slack, Slack. Mm-hmm. that's what it was. Great. Do you have a business phone number on Skype or some other source, or are you using your cell phone number for the most part? Uh, Many, many years ago, I set up a Google Voice account. And so when I started the firm, I just converted that to the phone number for the firm. And so it rings to my cell phone. I can also um, send text messages through the iPhone and through the browser, which is great. And then I have my, you know, my sort of um, 
not typical things that I use that I found to be really helpful. Like, Oh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> type form and I don't know if it's Zapier or Zapier. I think it's Zapier. Right. Oh, this is very advanced, Joanne. Andrew Legrand would be very proud to hear about this thing. <laughs> Tell the listeners who don't know what Zapier is, what you use that for, because that's pretty cool. You figured out how to use Zapier and created your own recipes. And how are you using it? What does it do and how are you using it? Let me put it that way. Sure. So my goal is to automate as much as can be automated. Um, Super goal. Yes. And there's a triumvirate of Zapier, Typeform, and Calendly that allows me to do all of that. So when, for example, someone calls my virtual receptionist service, then they have the ability to set up meetings for me through Calendly, which connects to my Google Calendar. And then uh, say they want to set up a paid consultation. Once they have the meeting set up, an email will automatically trigger out to them and the email will send them a link to my online client intake form, which is on type form. So they will click that link, they'll fill out all the information and then through Zaps, which I have to give props to my virtual assistant who set up the recipes and so forth, through Zaps, all the client intake information will be used to set up folders for that new client in my Google Drive, set up the new client information in QuickBooks, set up the client information on our spreadsheet that we use for conflicts check purposes, and also send me a note in Todoist to say a new client has been set up, finish their welcoming process. Wow, that is amazing. Holy cow, that's awesome. I absolutely love that you have such a big goal of automation. I just think that's so key and important. And what most lawyers don't realize is it's actually a lot easier than they think it is. Let's take another quick break. I want to make sure and respect and pay attention to our sponsors, which I'm always very happy to have. So we're going to take a quick short break, listen to a couple more commercials, and we'll be right back. Imagine how much faster you could work if you spent less time proofreading. Almost every lawyer wastes hours each week proofreading rather than producing legal work. With Perfect It's American Legal Style, you spend less time proofreading and have more time to focus on substantive matters. It's easy to use and there's no training required. Try Perfect It for free from intelligentediting.com and start saving time on proofreading today. Are you a family law, immigration, or estate planning attorney looking to attract new leads and retain more clients? Join hundreds of other solos and small firms just like you who use Unbundled Attorney to receive premium, exclusive leads delivered directly into their inbox in real time. To learn more about how their lead generation services can grow your practice, subscribe to the Unbundled Attorney Mastermind Podcast or visit unbundledattorney.com today. All right, we're back and we're still talking to Joanne Holmes. Joanne, you were last talking to us about Zapier, which is an automation service that allows you to link information from one resource to another. Like you said, you've got a client form that a client fills out and then it triggers a bunch of other events that help you make sure you follow up with or at least get started on as far as a new client workflow goes. You talked about type form, which must be the tool that you use for forms. Yes. Okay. Um, we talked about Office 365 and G Suite, and we have mentioned Slack twice, but we actually didn't finish talking about it. So tell our listeners a little bit 
about what Slack is. Of course, it's sort of become one of those technology darlings where everybody's been using it out there in the techie world, but it's always interesting to me when law firms are finding it useful. So tell us a little bit about how you all are using Slack. You know, Adriana, I will admit that there's room for me to improve on this. So what I try to do is use Slack with my virtual team as our resource to kind of move things away from the body of emails. But I'm not perfect at determining when should we communicate via Slack, when should we communicate via email, (laughs) and when should we put something in our shared OneNote folders. Um, right. So I can see that. yeah. So usually Slack ends up being for quick things, um, quick question type communications. Like yes, exactly. Email is when uh, what we use more often when we have things that we want to attach. And when we're trying to keep track of notes that we're going to need to refer to repeatedly or in anticipation of a call, then we put those in Microsoft OneNote. So That's the overarching goal, although some of those lines get blurred from time to time. I could see that. So, um, yeah, that's interesting, right? That dilemma you have about what goes where, when, when you've got sort of disparate systems and resources that are helping you run your business. It might really be, you know, sort of putting my consultant hat on as opposed to just my interview hat on. It's really the big picture of why you might reconsider again a practice management program. Because for me, when I talk about practice management programs to lawyers, which I think everyone should have, the number one goal is putting everything in one place. So in the old days, it was easy to create a common pile because everybody would just contribute to one file, right? So there was a file and everybody was able to access it. And then Now what happens with all this technology is we end up with information sort of all over the place and it becomes, although you're doing it well, so I'm not by any means criticizing, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's kind of a point for practice management programs that allow you to put all of the communications and the notes and the calendar events and the files in one place, as well as one of my favorite things, which I have a feeling this is what you would really like, because you've mentioned several times that communicating with your clients is incredibly important, but it also sounds to me like you take communicating with your clients, not only very seriously, but to a really personal professional level and the secure client portals that a lot of them have where your clients could log in and upload documents or download documents, or they could message you and communicate with you inside of a portal might be you know, impetus enough for you to to reconsider looking at those again and and finding one that works for you. Because I bet you would love one of those practice management programs to death if you found one that was, you know, affordable for you and that you liked. So anyway, I'll take the consultant hat off. We're going to put the interviewer hat back on and ask you about any other great technology tips or tools that you'd like to share with listeners or any advice that, you know, as it's been two years and you are obviously a successful solo that you wish you had been told early on would be great? I think generally speaking, we've covered some of those issues. The thing that I think overarching related to businesses, I read a great book called The Confidence Code when Mm. I was making the decision to start the practice. And I thought, what 
makes me think I'm qualified to go out on my own and run a firm. And that book was really great for me because it said it was empirically based and there were lots of study references and so forth, but it said, just get started and you'll figure things out as you go. And I'm not a just get started person. I want to have things mapped out (laughs) and have a contingency plan and so forth. But I really do think both in running my own firm and in advising clients who are taking that leap of faith, it really is a matter of iterating. And so I've learned to be more comfortable and what I would say to others who are considering starting a practice is it's great if you have some foundation and my comfort is I know how to practice law. What I needed to learn how to do was run a business. And there's so much outstanding free content like your show that <laughs> I feel like I've gotten a free MBA between making decisions and just listening to people who are kind and generous enough to go on podcasts or write blogs and share their experiences that have helped me not have to take all of those knocks as I was figuring things out. So I know it is an act of faith and an uncertainty to get started, but I'm so glad I did it. And I mean what I say when I'm, I say I'm the happiest I've ever been in my career. This has just been great. That makes me so happy to hear. You mentioned the confidence code and I had to look it up real quick because I knew I had read it. Well, I'm not a reader, I'm a listener. So I like to say I I don't read or write, I listen and talk. But the confidence code is a book that I had also, I'd listened to it because I have an Audible subscription. And I loved that book. It's The Confidence Code, The Science and Art of Self-Assurance, What Women Should Know. So um, I listened to it maybe a year or two ago and it, it was a great book. So I'm glad you mentioned that one. And think, you know, it's a funny thing too, when you're knowledgeable about, when you're confident in your knowledge about a topic. So one of the things I find myself talking to people a lot about is public speaking, because as we all know, most people have a fear of public speaking, which by the way, total side note, I highly recommend Toastmasters. Mm. If you are afraid of public speaking, please find a local Toastmasters group. They're so great. That's what I did when I first started my professional career. But anyway, when people say to me, you know, how are you not nervous about going out to speak? And sometimes I'm speaking to maybe eight people or maybe there's 800 in front of me. And I say, well, when you are confident in the knowledge and the topic, why would you be nervous, right? You know, you you have that and you have to feel good about it. And starting your own law practice is that same concept. If you're confident in your ability to practice law, then figuring out how to run the business that supports it, it's not that hard because you're right. It's so much great information and the legal community is such a giving community. It's crazy town. So um, that's always really good to hear. Well, Unfortunately, as it always happens, we've sort of reached the end of our program because at some point we both have to stop talking. So I just want to make sure and ask you to remind everybody your name and where you are and how they can get a hold of you if they have any follow-up questions. And I find all the time guests will email me later and say, hey, it was great being on your show. I've had several people email me or reach out. It's really great to be able to give back and help. So any information you'd like to share about yourself, we'd love to hear. Sure. Thank you for that. So the website is Holmes at Law. That's H-O-L-M-E-S-A-T-L-A-W.com. And at the top of every page, you can find my email address and my phone number. 
On Facebook and Twitter, I'm also Holmes at Law. And on LinkedIn, I'm Joanne Holmes. You might hear people refer to me as Joe. I'm usually only called Joanne if I'm in trouble. So hopefully (laughs) every time I talk to you from now on, it'll be Joe. You know, I looked at your website earlier and I think it says about Joe. And I meant to ask you, should we call you Joe instead of Joanne? That's so funny. That's really cute. Well, Joanne, Joe. Yeah. Now we're friends. We're friends now. We're like, yeah, we're good. We're gal pals. And I get to say, Joe, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience with us. I know our listeners will absolutely appreciate it. And I really hope that you stay as happy and cheerful and sweet as you are right now forever. (laughs) Hey, aren't you sending a child off to college? Next year, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, that's quite a feat as well, I say to all my friends who have managed to graduate kids and get them into college. That's pretty amazing. So you've been a great guest. I can't thank you enough. It was such a pleasure. I truly appreciate the education that I've received from your generosity and the podcast. So thank you for doing that. You're very welcome. Of course, I want to make sure and remind all of our listeners that if they like what they've heard, please remember to take a couple of minutes and give us a good rating on the Apple Podcast Store. We'd really appreciate that. I would certainly appreciate it. Um, That's always very helpful and, of course, encouraging. Please send us notes and emails if you've enjoyed the show and make sure you visit New Solos page on LegalTalkNetwork.com. And if this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcasting app. So that brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you go back and listen to old episodes if you haven't listened to them. And tune in next time for another great episode. And remember, you're not alone. You're a new solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice solo here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.